Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're recording. Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Recording this one, September 26th, very late at night. We are through two preseason games so far. As always, joined by Jason. How's it going, crew? Good to be back. What's going on? Our what's our what's our fans' names? The rats. I guess so. The rat. The, nest. Ra- the rat nest. What's going on, yeah. rat nest? Excited to be back. Excited hockey's back. I mean, yeah. I haven't watched. Like, I got. I got to be transparent before we get into it. Wasn't able to watch any of the games yet. I'm planning on watching the game Wednesday night, wow. right? But thankfully, I follow you on Twitter, and I'm mm-hmm. able to keep up with the games as we like live because of your Twitter account, because of the oh, Red Guard Report Twitter account. So if you're not following, go follow right now. Some of us, like, if you're busy and you can't watch every game, it's the easily the best follow you can make. So. Shameless plug. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, I missed last. I missed it live last game. I watched last game today, though. So I'm, I've watched both games, and I know I have a good thumb on the pulse of everything that's going on with the Leafs so far through this preseason. So we're going to get into a little bit about what happened in the games, not too, too much, because who really cares? It's preseason. So quick recap of those. Um, the standouts and what kind of surprised me what caught my eye through those first two games Uh, and then also on top of that we have a little bit of cap compliance to talk about I suppose you could call or there's been a player that hasn't been playing we'll say and it's you know is it because of the cap is it because he's actually injured we'll get into that but first we want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Manscaped you know, smooth sack summer is over. I don't know what they're calling the fall time, but you still want to be keeping your friends downstairs nice and smooth, nice and groomed, nice and fresh. So why not head over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Keep keep your boys downstairs fresh this fall. So I just I just got a report in from the guys over at Manscaped. It's fresh phallic fall. Oh. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> they always amaze me with these ad reads. But it, it's yeah. great stuff. 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com, promo code RINKRAT. Shall 
we get into it. Let's get right into it. Lead lead us through this recap of each game because I'm useless for this part. So go ahead. So pretty much what happened, first game was in Ottawa. It was a loss, 3-2 loss. Uh, That was kind of the B team that was playing there. Well, B team plus Nylander, Domi, Riley, Lilgren, and then a lot of other non-regular guys. Uh, Last night was in Toronto. They played more of the A squad, but they still lost 4-3 in overtime. A little bit of a comeback there. They were down 3-1 at one point uh, and then had a last-second goal from Mitch Marner. The goalies that started in Ottawa in the first game, it was Petrozelli to start. Hilda B came in at the beginning of the third period. Last night, Joseph Wool started. Martin Jones came in halfway through. Jones only gave up the one overtime goal. Wool gave up three goals. Petrozelli gave up three goals. And Hilda B didn't have to do too, too much back there. I'm going to be honest. I did. I have no idea. Like, I, you don't, I didn't get any evaluation on him in that game because I think he stopped four shots, maybe, if that. Made one nice save. I will say that. So what were some things to draw from these games is mainly it. Do I care that they lost? Not really. I mean, it was, they were both very, very close games. Um, Saw some good from some players, saw some not so good from some players. I'm selfishly going to get into the goalie talk. Keith Petrozelli, this is the... So he played, I think, one preseason game last year. Didn't go very well at all. He just got rinsed in the third period on a couple uh, shots through traffic. He looked better this year, I will say. He made a lot more saves. He made some good saves, I will say. Like Overall, I thought he played okay. Him as a goalie, like, I, I just, I look at, the depth chart now they have samson off for this year they have wool for this year um and further and beyond we'll call it they have martin jones they have dennis hildeby so martin jones and hildeby should be in the minors maybe martin jones gets claimed okay and then i believe they have vladislav pexa too and then on ahl contracts they have luke cavillan and they have one more guy down there i can't remember his name he won a hobie baker award can't remember his name. And it's not important though. With Petrozelli though, he's on an NHL contract. I don't see him as an NHL goaltender. He's massive, but I still think he struggles to read plays at an NHL level. Like he'll, he'll stop the first one, but he's not setting himself up well for where the puck's going to end up. There was more than a few times where he overslid or overplayed a puck on the first goal. Especially through screens. He's not very good through screens at all. All three goals were through screens. Um, the first goal, he the pass came through a screen. It was a fake shot pass through a screen, and he just dropped and kind of slid, made the save, but then it just the rebound just sat there and it was a wide open, it was a very easy chance. Like it was a it was a weak tip on net. And he made it way more difficult than he had to. There was a couple other plays. They didn't result in goals, but he just way overplayed it. And it resulted in a good chance when it didn't need to at all. I also don't think his skating is at an NHL level quite yet. So he's a guy I could see either loaned to another team. And I mean, the Leafs are at 49 contracts. I could see him moved for future considerations to a team that's looking for a goaltender. If not now, maybe in a month, two months kind of thing. 
right? So that's that's where I'm at with Keith Petrozelli. That's that's a good still thing. Still six to, foot six, though. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing to hear, though, just because like you always want to have contract slots remaining in case, like yeah. for example, I don't know someone who I don't know whoever looks good that is not signed to your current team right now, who you have the rights to. It's always nice to have the flexibility to be able to bring <laughs> bring in a guy like that. But uh, quickly sticking with these past two games, it's still the preseason, so let's not overreact here. Uh, without like. There's a couple standouts we're going to talk about more in depth. That's probably this could be Easton Cowan. We're going to talk a little bit about John Klingberg, Matthew Nyes, Nick Rowe. Uh, but other standouts quickly that you noticed from those last two games. Anyone non-regular guys or like kind of anyone? Bertuzzi, uh, Nylander at center. Like, what are your thoughts? I mean, okay. I, I feel like there's there's not a lot to take away from Nylander there's at center. A huge over- conversation still with Nylander at center. I think I had a couple conversations with some people about it, and yeah. I'm flip-flopping back and forth. Will it work? Will it not work? There were some really good points made. I really like the conversation simply because it's not a a hard and fast, yes, it will work. No, it won't work. There's so many points to support both sides, and it's going to be just like a a wait and see and like a, a test. Will it actually work? We won't fully know until we see it live in action for five to 10 games, right? Yeah. So that's... I thought it was quite interesting. He, I mean, he produced, I want to say, seven chances at least in that game. He didn't have a point, but he was getting breakaway chances. He was setting up his teammates. He was using the entire ice. Uh, Jason, like as as because he's playing in the middle now, he has more ice to work with. That works with his speed, especially in the offensive zone. He was tremendous. I thought uh, him and Domi showed some pretty decent chemistry i would say as well um i would say alex steves was on that line too i thought he was okay he had a, he had a goal in that one he had another chance where he had the corner he couldn't quite t- tuck it in but the deficiency of nylander at center was also on full display there there was a play uh that resulted in a pretty good chance the other way because he, he there was two guys deep he jumped in play went the other way and he was pretty darn lazy getting back uh, on defense on that one. And it resulted in a pretty good chance. And the only thing I'll say, listen, that I, that is a good point of like the ebb and flow of Nylander at center. But the only thing I'd say is if he was a winger and if he was in that position, he would do the exact same thing. And so it's like, yeah, it's, but and when you're playing the wing, you're, you're not going to be in those positions as often. I get what you're trying as to say. As often. Right? Yes. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. But, but and, mm-hmm. go, go ahead. Sorry. Right. Okay, no. So I'm. I was just gonna say, defense like that stuff though. The positives. I'm trying to be like over overly positive about this because I want it to work, and I've always wanted it to work. Um, it's gonna be all on Nylander if this works, right? Because it's a, it's not like the, he's lacking skill to play defense. It's all effort. It's like, and I don't. I'm not calling him lazy by saying that. It's true. Like playing and a willingness to block zone, shots. He didn't block any shots. You don't have to. You don't even have to. No, you don't exactly. You don't have to block. You don't have to block shots though. But it's just like. It's if just it's your effort. assignment and he gets the puck and you're you have the opportunity to, I think you should block that shot. I think you should Maybe, get in yeah. the way. As a goalie, though, I and feel like you'd rather than just I'd rather the puck go through, correct. Left. But yeah, I, if you're challenging the point hard, like maybe that shot doesn't go through and it goes the other way, right? That's true. There's so yeah, there's, there, there's like there's edge cases for it. But yeah, again, the, the just a small positive, like if yeah. it's gonna work. 
going to be the effort. And that's, that's the bottom line, I think. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that someone brought up, it was recurring guest Sam Cosentino brought this up to me. He didn't say it on air, but he brought this up when I asked them. Who is playing third, third line center in the NHL right now that is a better player than William Nylander? That is more talented than William Nylander? No one, really. So if you can get those matchups, do you think that could work then? Absolutely, I think I think there's a there's there's a way yeah. where that works. I agree. Um, and then, but then the issue then becomes, well, what if he's more so playing second line center? Tavares is your third line center, so now you're kind of stuck in between, and it's like could be awkward matching up. It's going to be interesting but, to see the utilization throughout the season, exactly. and this is going to be the biggest story for the first ten games. We're not. I don't think we're going to get any answers in preseason though, just because of the level of play. There will yes. be no answers for what like what this line will look like or not what this line will look like, but how it will perform at like NHL speed. Yeah. So I think this is going to, this is by far the biggest story, like game one Should to game be. 10. It will Should be, it will be. for sure. So um, yeah. Any other guys you, you notice like Noah Gregor, who's on a PTO. I think he's like yeah. going to maybe earn a spot. Did Dylan, did Dylan Graham Gambrell play in the, Either game. game. He had a good screen on the Will Lagason goal, I believe it was. He had a good screen uh, is, on that one. Outside of that, I didn't notice him. Okay, that's uh, yeah. If you're not noticing them, then I feel much. like those are like Pontus Holmberg. I noticed more than him, but yeah. I mean Pontus Holmberg overall didn't do that that much. Kiervanim was okay. I thought he had some. He had a couple good chances here and there. I thought he played decently, especially for his okay. first uh, first NHL preseason game. Um, and then Topi Nimala had a horrible giveaway on the first goal in the second game. He had a nice assist in that game, though, so kind of made up for it-ish. Um, Blandisi, this is not a guy that's going to be in the charging for anything. I thought Blandisi, outside of the penalty he took late, which was like not an opportune penalty at all, I thought he played pretty well. He had a goal in that one. He was He was all around the puck. He was causing turnovers here and there. I thought... It was nice to see, even though I don't think he's a legitimate. He has no shot in hell at the roster. I'd say. So, <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Well, I mean, let's just get into the biggest story of it feels like the preseason right now for the Maple Leafs. That's what everyone kind of wants to talk about is Easton Cowan and his play. You're going to be able to speak to this a lot better than I will be for sure. But I mean, he's done enough in the last game that he earned. I don't want to say earned, maybe earned shot. a spot with the the A team, right? So they split you know up the he groups. Earned? He earned a sh- he, he earned a, a a trip to St. Thomas, which is where the the game is being played tomorrow so, <laughs> at Joe Thornton I, Arena. That is that? crazy. That is funny. That is funny. Um, I love that. But yeah, he's obviously I- impressed enough to be with the A group, which is basically yeah. built out of, of all NHLers. And there's a couple guys in the B group that could have probably been there in in, in his place. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is we talked about this in that group chat is that this is like a shift in development and shift in philosophy. Cause I don't think we would have seen this one, a one game where a guy gets rewarded from the preseason. I don't think we would have seen this last year or we haven't really seen it last year, right? Like maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm gaslighting myself, but what are your thoughts on the play from Easton Cowan in general? Um, I hate to do it. It's it's fresh in my head, so I have to like mention it. There were three turnovers at the opposing team's blue line, I want to say. So trying to do a little bit too much there. Um, but 
outside of that, I thought he was terrific. Um, just looking through, like just thinking back onto the good plays that he had, he was, he did a great job. He does a great job of using body position. He's not a big boy at all. He's, uh, is he 150, 160, maybe even on a good day, whatever. Generous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If he's got his signing bonus in his pocket, maybe he's 160 signing bonus in his pocket in nickels. Maybe he's 170. I'm not too sure, but he does a good job. He understands that he needs to get like good body position on a player in order to create a play there in order to get the puck. So I like his attacking of the opposing team's hands when they have the puck in order to, to be able to strip it. That's how you're going to get it when you're a smaller guy. I, I, I sometimes see too many guys when they're trying to throw the body um, or they're pressuring the cut puck carrier. They're trying to get the, the, the big shoulders up and they're trying to hit them as hard as they can. It's, it's not going to be effective if you're small. And sometimes it's not even effective if you're big. Um, so I like the way that he attacks the hands on that. Um, he was showing some pretty good speed as well. Like he, he was able to create a breakaway and he was able to shield off the defender using his speed on that. And mm-hmm. that's how he was able to draw the penalty shot. Um, speed was kind of used on the way that he drew the penalty late in the game that they, they tied the game off of that power play as well. Um, the, the confidence with the puck as well, uh, just getting to the right spots too. Uh, I, I like how he doesn't rush getting to the right spots or getting to the front of the net. He kind of takes his time in order to find those soft spots. Saw a little bit of that on his first school there. Uh, and even on his assist, which was a tip on net, which went off of Blendisi's shin, shin pads and in. Uh, lastly, I will say with him, he, he had a fantastic chance late. Like 18 years old, this kid was supposed to go in the third round, what, uh, September, six months ago, right? He's out there for the Toronto Maple Leafs in his first preseason game with 30 seconds left. Klingberg feeds him the puck. He's got an open look. He's got a good look. What's he do? Loads it up, eyes on net, feeds a good no look down to, I think it was Matthews down low, who then fed it across for an even an even more spectacular chance there. It, it was so impressive to see that just that level of poise on him. So I was, I was extremely impressed with Easton Cowan. Uh, he had more than a few chances on top of two points as well. So it, it's, it's a good box check. As we mentioned with prospects, you go, you go to the prospects tournament. How do you play there? You play well. Okay. Check. Now we're on to the preseason. You play well game one preseason check. Let's see how you do next preseason game. We're not putting the cart before the horse. We're not saying, oh, will he make the team yet? Probably not. It's probably yeah. ending up back in London. Uh, you could, Will he make Team Canada? I don't even know about that yet. What I'm looking for, St. Thomas, Wednesday, Buffalo Sabres. How does he play? Yeah. It was, it was I, very encouraging, though. I think that's massive as well. And I, I, I is he signed? To, he's not. They, they did sign him. Signed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he is signed, but I I think you're right. I don't, I think there's like almost zero. There's a, probably a zero percent chance he plays more. Plays there, there's probably a one percent chance he plays any NHL games this season. There's a zero yeah. percent chance he plays more than that. So here's the thing with him as well. If he impresses so so much to the point where you can't deny him a spot, 
like, okay, you let him play. Here's the thing that you can do. Same thing that happened with Shane Wright last year. You let him play eight games or whatever. You send mm-hmm. him down on a conditioning stint. You don't try to extend it too, too long. Let him play five games down there, and then you evaluate from there. If he's playing past the nine-game mark, I don't want it to be a cock and yemi situation. Mm-hmm. If he's at game 20, 30, and it's like, uh-oh, starting to struggle, starting to get scratched, minutes being reduced – just who cares if you've burned the entry level the first year of the entry level deal, send them back. Yeah. It's not worth it to hold on to them and try to make something out of nothing. Send yeah. them back, get them that ice time, get the confidence back up. But that's way, way down the line. Oh yeah. He's got to still play well. St. Thomas Wednesday. Yeah. St. Thomas Wednesday. Just thinking about that cock and yammy situation, just speaking it out loud right here. I think you're right. I don't yeah. think they're even going to, they're not going to sniff. He's, he might not sniff yeah. the roster. I think they're just mostly doing this because, He's played well, and yeah. it's almost like a, a reward system where, like, listen, if you're going to play well, you're going to get rewarded. And then on top of that, just the experience of being with, like, the actual team is just good for him in his development yeah. uh, there. So, Well, speaking of the young guys, the one guy that I missed that I wasn't too high on last year, I don't think he did much last year to impress me, uh, Fraser Minton, because all, all of his production last year was on the power play, and he played on an awesome team. So it was like, who cares? Like, well, congratulations. You're 100th in the league, in the WHL in points per six, in points per game. Like, mm-hmm. you were a second-round pick. That first Ottawa game, he impressed me. He won more than a few puck battles on his own. He was much more noticeable. He was much more noticeable in the, the prospects tournament too. So that was a nice little step forward there to see from that. That was, I was, I was like, okay, all right. Cost more than a few turnovers, which was really nice to see. So that was Fraser mental, but. Yeah. Oh, back I, to I'm Jack. happy. You, I'm happy you brought, brought that up though. Like, like okay. I think, I think we said there all there is to say about Cowan, but I, I just want to touch on Minton for a second in this second group that he's in uh, mm-hmm. for in, in like the, let's call it the Marley's group. He's like listed as the first line center. So maybe, maybe he's brought over this year and he's maybe he's done in junior and he's going to play for the Marlies this no. year. Cause he was, no, he's not. No, he's going back to junior. Wants to, sure. He wants, he's going to be in contention for team Canada. Oh, okay. World I didn't realize teams. that. He's too young. You, and he you wouldn't think? be right. I wouldn't. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe it's a later in the season kind he's of playing, thing. He's playing but, better than last year. I'll tell you that for free. Last year he was a ghost. Sounded like he was also from what people were saying on Twitter is that he was also looked good in the prospect tournament, right? Or I think he was okay, yeah. So, all right. Well, that was yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if there's much more to say about Easton Cowan. I can't yeah. really say much. I think I think it's good that we're rewarding guys though. Yeah. For a good play, especially young guys, because yeah. And I, I like I said all this great stuff about him. Like my expectation in three, four years, we'll say, is like what Connor Brown brought to the Leafs early on. Like, hopefully score some goals, play third line, that sort of thing. Bring some energy, bring some speed. Like, let's not get, like, crazy. Oh, if if, you, if we were to redo the 2023 NHL draft today, it would go Easton Cowan and then Connor Bedard. <laughs> like, no. He's playing way above where he should be. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, and that's why, that's why I'm like, oh, Oh God! So, yeah, fair yeah. enough here. He's a um, cowboy. He's the cowboy. Good for him. Good for him. Deserves it. So, um, moving on from there, we got John Klingberg and his PP one. I don't want to say status, but it looks like he's going to be the guy on the PP one. But before we get into that, want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors over at DraftKings. 
We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is on is is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers. Every single game, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's matchups and walk away an instant winner. Um, I mean, I play at DraftKings, so uh, I, I can say nice things about it. Uh, I would recommend playing there. DraftKings is also not stopping there. All customers take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. They've been offering some very generous boosts. I recommend you using those boosts because they're always plus expected value. Uh, Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 down. Instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. That is code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling call problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-77. 77 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Licensed Partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, csportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuances. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Uh, and if you have any questions regarding gambling, please feel free to reach out into the DMs and always bet responsibly. Never bet with what you're only bet with what you're willing to lose, not with what you kind of need. So, uh, yes, always bet responsibly. So, moving on from there, John Klingberg, PP1. What did you see? What are your thoughts? So, with PP1 in that second game, there was no Nylander on that one and no Tavares. So, it was John Klingberg, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Nick Robertson. They had more than a few chances. I mean, hey, Klingberg got the assist on the uh, on the game tying goal there when Mitch Marner got the rebound on it. And he, he was able to get the shot through. I really, really liked it. Um, I still think they're going way too obvious on the the slingshot there. I know they're trying to give it a different look too, but it's just so, so obvious that they're getting to center. And it's like, whoop. Like, Klingberg's a good enough player. He could just skate it in himself and mm-hmm. potentially get a chance off that. Throw you a, a little curveball there. But I love the the movement he was able to provide, the shot threat that he was able to provi- provide as well on that one. Like, he's got a way better shot than Riley does. Um, but mainly it was the movement and the passing from him on, on PP1 there. His overall game, I will say... Like the turnovers were there as it's, it's no secret. I've been saying it all summer. He turns the puck over. He is weak too, but he can pass. He can pass the puck. He can snap the puck around and he can really skate. So. And that's, yeah, that's an important. It. Yeah. Like that's an important thing though. Like people scoff at like the idea of, Oh, he can pass like, well, that's actually really important. And also his ability to create lanes for himself to create passes for and drawing guys in is an important skill to have. And I think it's going to be beneficial to keep him on PP one as long as possible. I mean, listen, we were back and forth with Riley throughout his tenure here. 
on yeah. the power play. I mean, Zaitsev played power play minutes. Uh, Tyson, <laughs> yeah. Berry, Tyson Berry played on the power play. Yeah, uh, Rasmus Sandin was on and off the power play. Mark Giordano in the playoffs played on PP1 for us at one point. Not last year, two years ago? Uh, no. Not this past no. playoffs, but the playoffs before. Yeah, two correct. years ago, right? So, and they I scored. Mean, obviously, and they're they not... Back on. They don't... like. Not that they don't like Riley on PP1, but there's more to be desired, I'll say that, with the He's power play one. He's a passenger on PP1. It's yeah. just get the puck to the other guys because... He's not, I don't know, what's he going to do? He doesn't have much of a shot threat, so. Yeah, know. and I think I think it will also just benefit him in general if he's just playing those five-on-five five minutes. Listen. Yeah, he's a good offensive five-on-five five player. He can skate like no other. Yeah, and if he well, plays yeah, like he did in the power he play. He can skate well, sorry. Yeah, and, and if he played like he did, excuse me, in the playoffs, we should be fine. But, I mean, we talked about this when he signed his contract. It's like, if he's not PP1, seven-five is a reach. But, again, it's contract's done, contract signed. Uh, we Even can't if he really is playing PP1, him. he's not that good at PP1. I know, yeah, but like but, in terms of power play defenseman in the NHL, where does he rank? Not, not, not very good. Probably like in the bottom. I would say the bottom. Like if we're talking about 32 teams, it'd probably be in like 20 to 32 range of like. Probably It'd be interesting best, to so, to line it up, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I was thinking this with the Leafs D. Um, like. Before we were coming on here, I was I was thinking this. So they played Briley Lilgren together, which I thought was interesting. And then they did McCabe and Klingberg and then Giordano uh with the Kokkinen. But Timmons played in the first game. I thought that he was actually a standout. He he played really well. I think he had a couple miscues in the first period that soured some people. And yeah, he did. He did have a couple of miscues here and there, but offensively, I thought he was terrific. He had two assists in that game. He had a couple other chances set up. I thought he was moving pretty well out there. So it's good to see Connor Timmons, you know, putting his stamp on that game, but with the Leafs D overall. So, so far they have, Oh, Brody didn't play. That's why that's what shuffled everything. I was thinking this. So you have, I think the ideal and it all hinges. This is sorry. I'm trying to. I'm trying to build it up. Well, you got it. But I. I don't think you. You know what you're getting with Klingberg. We know what we're getting with the rest of the D on that. The, the rest of the five guys. They all played last year. We all got a good. Like we've all seen some of them for hundreds of games. We know what we're getting with the rest of the team. That's where I. I wonder and. If the Leafs D is going to be good, I think a lot hinges on Logren's ability to play in the top four and his ability a... to play with Morgan Riley. Because yeah. if you're able to go Brody McCabe and eat a bunch of minutes there, I, I think that's a fantastic pairing and that's an ideal. If you then have to split up like McCabe, you go McCabe Klingberg, like they have it right now, like Klingberg's not that like Klingberg's not he's too much of a wild card I find to be in your top four your your best ideal is having him in the bottom pairing able to sh- maybe shelter him a little bit I don't know but reduce those five on five minutes um, have him with Giordano who can be a, a like just the steady guy out there I think that'll be a lot more effective and then he can play power play one on top of that like we've seen Logren in the past. We complained about it two years ago, his ability to play with Riley. I know that the expected goals was great. It was ugly because they were giving up some really, really, really good chances. 
Last year, though, it looked a little bit better, I will say. And then on, well, game one of the preseason, I don't count, but it did not look very good at all, I will say that. Like, they did, I don't know, they didn't play that well, but I don't, I'm not taking too much stock into it. So if you're able to get, like, I, I'm not saying Logren has to be a bonafide top four player, bonafide top four defenseman in the league, but if he can play, like, look what Luke Shen did with Morgan Riley last year and how it was so effective. Just make that smart little play uh, in the defensive zone. Be strong in front of the net. Throw the body here and there. And it worked out. Like Luke Shen, this, this, that's a guy that was on waivers, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. And his, like, why he worked so well with the Leafs was just making smart plays in the, like, smart little plays with the puck, not turning it over, tur- not turning it over very much. And that pairing was, as a result, fantastic. So maybe you're not getting to that level. Maybe you can. I don't see why not. Yeah, but I don't. That's what I, don't know. I think. If Lilgren can take a step and he's able to play with Riley, you're really shaping up the decor very well. Yeah, it took that- a long time to say that, but that's that's my overall point. If Lilgren can step up, continue to develop, and he's able to play with Riley. He's able to steady that pairing. You're looking at a pretty darn good decor, I would say. Yeah, right? I, I think I think the biggest thing though is that they're probably they're probably gonna play all these guys. I don't want to say equal minutes, but like pretty similar to what we've seen in the past. And I feel yeah. like we've upgraded on our decor from last year. Is that fair to say? Right? Like, because the guy we lost is Justin Hall. Yeah. The guy we brought in is John Klingberg. So, um, uh, obviously more extreme, yeah. but. I mean, the upside of Klingberg massively outweighs what Justin Hall brought to the table uh, in all aspects. Yeah, but the downside defensively. I, I still think the upside mass- plus the downside massively outweighs what Justin Potentially, Hall brought to the table. Potentially, sure. So, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I think, I think think you're right on the mark here with the decor. Um, yeah, any other thoughts on Klingberg just being on PP1? Any thoughts on the PP1 in general? One thing I noticed was that their crash, I don't know if this was just because it was like, I think it was from game one with the great with like the Marley's more Marley's players. I noticed them like crashing the net a little more. Um, might have just been like one or two plays. Uh, I don't um, know if you noticed that as well. Or... Right. The third period, they definitely were getting to the net, I would say. Um, yeah, so uh, in terms I, of differences, I, if... I don't know. It, it was a lot more choppy, so it was kind of hard to see. Fair. Uh, I found that the, 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 the Sens PK was really pressuring them. Uh, like along the boards, along they were really putting a lot of pressure on the puck, so it was harder to set up, I would say. But w- once you have your five actual power play guys in there, it's going to be a lot easier to dismantle that, I would say. But Robertson got a fantastic chance. Like, re- yeah, he had a really, really good chance uh, in the first period on the power play. He was he flared out into the middle, got a good one-timer off. So the, the power play definitely did get its chances. I will say this with Matthews, Marner, Bertuzzi, how they looked together as a trio. They missed so many good opportunities. It's just like Nylander Nylander in the first game. He ended up with zero points. Matthews, Marner. Matthews had zero points as well in his first preseason game. Marner ended up with just one goal, right? I have two screenshots. I don't know how. I can't show them right now, obviously. (laughs) But they had the puck on their stick. Matthews had the puck on his stick with an open net flubbed on the one-timer because it was a quick play coming back across. 
Mitch Marner had the puck on his stick, half the net open, and he decided to hold it and then try to go backhand on Shogard, who Shogard played much better than what we saw last year. I will say that. That was unfortunate to see. Well, you, you they got mentioned- a ton of chances. They're building the chemistry, I will say, and it's it's starting to get there. Okay, yeah, nice, so nice. So you mentioned you mentioned Nick Robertson. And I want to talk about him as well. I want to talk about him and Matthew Nyes. So like, let's start off with Robertson okay. though, because you mentioned him. How did how do you feel like he played? Like he obviously was got his power play time in there. I mean, he played like seventeen minutes, got six shots. Um, oh yeah, it was yeah. He, he got a, definitely got a ton of shots. He ended up with zero points in this one, I believe. Yeah, I zero points. I think he was playing with Camp and no. No, there was Camp, Reeves, and Gregor, and it was Holmberg and one other guy. I can't remember. Was it Blendies? Blendies or Abertzizi? I don't know. I can't remember. Anyways. Anyways. I mean, he looked – the big things that I saw with him, like he's coming off of a major injury, how's he going to look kind of thing. He looked very fast. He looked very comfortable handling the puck. His shots still looked pretty darn good. I thought he got more than a few great chances. Um, in terms of, it, it looked kind of the same as what last year was. So hopefully you can kind of build off of that. I, I didn't really see, it, it looked like a Nick Robertson game from last year kind of thing. So, which was good. He, do, he does, there, are, there were games last year where he was able to generate a ton of chances. I just felt he was very inconsistent last year in terms of his offensive generation. So we'll see if he can improve on that this year. But I, I thought it was solid. Like nice. nothing more to say than that. Got his shots, got his chances, looked looked exactly like Nick Robertson from last year. I mean, when you have a major injury like that, and it was a knee injury, correct? Am I am I right? He like snapped his leg. leg? Yeah. So when you like anytime you're back and you're you're at game speed, that's like a positive sign. I mean, I wish we had like a pro football doc for hockey twitter what do you mean um, to, like just to like tell us about the injury of like if he's progressing well or like stuff like that but like in my like just equating it to football if a guy looks like he's game speed that means he's basically like almost 100 percent recovered right so especially from a major leg injury so i guess we got injured part- like february or like not february even earlier last year he only played like 17 total games so but 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 some of these injuries like take like legit like almost a year plus to like fully a hundred percent recover from. Right. So yeah, that's true. Okay. um, I think he's fully recovered. I thought he looked pretty good. He, he had, he had his chances and I wouldn't be surprised if he pots one next game. Yeah. That that makes sense. Um, And then, yeah. Next guy I want to talk about then is Matthew nice. So Matthew nice looks, how, how does he he look strong? He, he looks good. I'll say that he looks pretty good. He's he like the amount of puck battles that he was winning was really, really nice to see. Uh, just pretty much just building off of what he provided in the playoffs last year, what he provided in the end of the regular season last year. He was, I thought he was solid in game one. I thought he had more uh, like quite a few good chances, drew a penalty in that game as well. I think he had, he had one assist where it was a puck battle, uh, Sam Lafferty was involved in it too. He was able to get the dig, gets the puck to the point, and then they were able to make quickly move the puck from there, cause some chaos, and it's in the back of the net. So the one thing that really, really stood out though was 
his ability to shield the puck, his stick handling ability, and his ability to get the puck, like win puck battles. I thought that was really encouraging to see. And that's going to allow him to be versatile throughout the lineup. Fair, fair enough. And how did he look on the, like, do you think the line of him with, he was playing with Nylander and. No. Oh, you, what? It was Abruzzese, or sorry, Steves, Domi, Nylander. And then he was on a different line. I'll have to look it up though. And then he David also it. definitely has it. I can't remember. Oh, it, I'm 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 dropping the ball here. I don't know what lineup okay. thing I'm matter. looking at here. That's just he, brutal. he looked good. Okay, that's I think that's uh, I, I I thought I thought I thought he was playing with Nylander, that's why. So I I guess whoever whoever wrote this on Twitter is a liar. So um yeah, uh I mean, hey, I'm happy. It sounds like he didn't miss a step from the playoffs. And I mean, like he was be like he is a wasn't just an NHL player in the playoffs. He was like a legit top nine, potential top six player. And it's exciting because going into this year, we are going to have it feels like a lot more. Let's call it like top six talent on this roster. Um, mm-hmm. When in previous years, it feel like it felt like it hasn't been there. And like I mentioned before, it's always good. It feels good when a homegrown guy, even though he like barely was in our system. It's like what year two or three in our mm-hmm. system now. You're three in our system. Like feels good when a homegrown guy, even though he didn't even he didn't even like didn't play for the Marlies, played all his time in uh like in college, right? It just feels good that a guy we drafted is coming up and playing for us. It's always a good feeling to have. So um I'm yeah. happy with Matthew Nyes. Uh anything else you want to touch on with these rookies? He was playing or- with Lafferty and someone else. I can't remember who the other guy is, though. Was it it wasn't Steve's, it wasn't No. This is Pervenin or Gambrell or Shaw or Minton. I, I don't know why I didn't save it. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Let's let's move on from there then. Uh, if you can find it, let me know. If not, he's been practicing with. It's been nice to Vars Lafferty in practices. Okay. So that's good to know. But okay. what the hell? Why can't I find this? This is just when right when you actually need things, they just disappear. Abert Sazy, Holmberg Robert. No, that's not it either. Oh my God. I'm just going to throw my phone away. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Nice so, play with Lafferty, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did. That's again. Does, does, I thought I thought he was playing with United, so I brought it up. But he might have been I, playing with Gambrell as well. I got fake news. I got fake news. I can't it's all remember. good. Who cares? Um, so moving on from there, Cali Yarn Crook has been absent. Yes. Or was just absent from practice. Has not played yeah, a single preseason game. Has not played a preseason game yet. Is not scheduled to play the next game. And yes. if we take a peek over at the Leafs' current roster right now, they have 13 forwards, 7 defensemen, and 3 goalies. So they are currently maxed out with 23 contracts. Or sorry, 23 mm-hmm. players on their active roster right now. And they're 2.943 million over the cap. Now, why I bring up that number... Because Callie Yarncrook makes two point one million dollars. Yeah. So like they're gonna they're gonna have to shed one guy who's making close to or around league minimum, and if they do that, they're probably gonna have to shed another guy who makes two point one mil. Okay. Or or around that two million. They're gonna have to shed a guy around that two million dollar range unless they just cut a bunch of guys that we don't expect. Like Connor Timmons could be a guy that potentially be, be that guy. But I mean, right now the way it's looking. 
it's either Cal Yarncrook is getting the boot or Cal Yarncrook might just hit LTIR to start the season if he's like not playing any of these games. And like, are we, are we like seeing like this is crazy, but like, is this like a, a Roby Dahl Island situation where like, are we just going to make Cal Yarncrook go away? He can still play. So it's like not the same at all. But like, yeah. I'm just so confused because there's no information about this injury. It's undisclosed. Like, if you look it up, it says undisclosed. And it's like, he hasn't been around the team. So, like, what, what is going on here? Like, he, and it, one thing it to got know, to the he, point where it was like, where is Cali Yarncroft? And then all of a sudden, Leafs, Leafs PR slid in. Oh, he's, oh, he's uh, hurt. dealing with something. Oh, he's hurt. He's it's hurt. undisclosed. He's hurt. <laughs> like, one thing to note, he does have a modified no trade clause. So, we can only, there's 22 teams that we can trade to, 10 team no trade list. I mean, what I can't even begin to fathom what a trade would look like surrounding Cali Yarncrook. I have no idea what it would be. Would we have to pay Not to get rid much. of him because he has three years? Like he's he's also 32, mind you. Listen, I think he's still good. I don't think he should be playing in our top six, but I still would keep him as a third line center. But again, this is just the this is just a story that I feel like not many people are talking are are bringing up when they talk about Cali Yarncrook. Yes, he's been absent. Yes, he's hurt, like he's hurt. But what's gonna happen with the roster situation? And I feel like this is like a a red neon sign saying like, hey, look at me, look at me. Like, this is probably what's going to happen. Maybe I'm way off the mark here, but I don't know. What are your so, thoughts? So in terms of the roster, if you send down Martin Jones and you go to 12 and 6 and you have Callie Arncroft in there, does that make the numbers work? Uh, I'm going to have to quickly fill a buster here, but why? Why? So you think you, so that's what I think. That's what I would think would happen. They're not going to carry three goaltenders. I don't think. They're ideally going to try to slide one through waivers. Yeah, so so they would probably slide. Let's slide Martin Jones down through waivers. Yeah, right. And then that leaves us with twenty-two contracts, right? So we would have thirteen forwards, um, thirteen okay. forwards, seven defensemen, and two goalies. We'll probably, I mean, we've played we, like we've kind of ma- majority of this time we've had, um, we've had seven defensemen and i feel like just with the way defense our defensemen are and with mark jordan we brought this up before it makes sense to kind of keep seven defensemen around here okay. one thing to note as well um nick robertson was on ir so he his his money was actually counted towards the cap so without nick robertson on ir and assuming let's call let's call pontus holmberg the guy who gets sent down so right now we're at 13 forwards seven defensemen two goalies we're actually only 1.2 mil over the cap so I was completely wrong. So they can actually send down three guys, roll 12 and six and two goalies. They'll be completely fine. But if they don't want to do that, and if they want to keep Martin Jones on their roster, they can, I'm pretty sure they can get rid of, um, not get rid of, but like, like move Callie Yarncrook, who makes 2.1 and they'd be almost, almost exactly cap compliant. So you'd have to still, Oh, but in your scenario, you have Martin Jones. Martin Jones. So you're still carrying 22 guys, right? And maybe there's like some finagling with the numbers on who the guy up is and who the guy down is, right? Like maybe, maybe it wouldn't be a, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Martin Jones does get sent down who makes 875, right? Because I think we'd be around 100k short. So maybe we need a guy who makes seven 700k instead of Mar- instead of a, a Martin Jones. So maybe. Maybe it's Noah Gregor who gets signed to a league min deal, and he's the the 13th forward with Mark like not Mark Giordano, but like Mark Giordano slash Connor Timmons is a six and seven defenseman. We roll two goalies, then it would be cap compliant. But just just 
I don't know how the number is going to work. It's not my job. Yeah. But I just want to talk about it and bring it up because I think it's important to. Don't be surprised if he's moved, kind of thing. It, yeah. That's kind of like it is weird. This Listen, guy someone, did hit 20 goals last year, but. Like someone has to get moved here. Someone, someone has to get moved. Like, I don't, I don't listen. I don't see Connor Timmons just being put on waivers and that's that. I don't think we have enough depth. Uh, you can, you can tell me if I'm but wrong. Who would here, you rather keep Connor Timmons or Callie Yarncrock? Well, my idea of keeping Timmons over Yarncrook would be the guys who we have who could replace Yarncrook. I'd rather see them get action than the guys that we have who would replace Timmons. Does that make sense? Because Yarncrook yeah. would. Yarn Cook would play in our lineup, right? Now, now mind you, if it's going to be Dylan Graham, Gambrell and Noah Gregor going into those spots, no, I don't want to do that. But if we're going to, if that means that Nick Robertson starts the year with the team and he gets top nine minutes, I am a hundred percent pro on moving uh, Callie Yarn Cook over good point. Connor Timmons. Yeah. And, uh, like, My only but, thing for moving Callie Yarn Cook was hmm. when you look at his splits between where, when he played his stats, when he played in the bottom six versus the top six, he had like five points in his first 30 games playing third line. Now, albeit he was playing with Pierre Engvall a ton and Engvall was started the season horrifically. I wanted to send this guy not to the AHL to the moon because he was playing so bad. And then he picked it back up and was Pierre Engvall again. But Callie Arncroft only really produced when he was in the top six, when he was playing with Matthews, when someone was getting him the puck and we were, we saw a shot on display. So was the rest of his game really that great? I don't know. It was okay. He had some. He had some pretty high end games here and there. But maybe they view it as okay. We have our top six filled. This guy's going to be playing in the bottom six. He's thirty two. He's got three years left. Is he really going to produce even to a two point one million dollar level? I don't know. I, I yeah. would think so, and I would like to keep him. I'm going to be on the record saying that I would like to keep Callie Yarncroft. I think, but I don't know how much the Leafs hold importance to keeping those three goalies up together. Yeah, fair. Or, or maybe having to keep hold the three goalies together and then like use Martin Jones on waivers later when other teams have kind of claimed people off of waivers and then try to sneak them through later. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying here, and I, I, I get that. And I, no, I, and I think it's fair to say that you want Callie Yarncrook. I don't think I don't want Callie Yarncrook on the team, but if the opportunity cost of keeping Callie Yarncrook is not getting Nick Robertson minutes, I'm I I don't want that. I want That's Nick an Robertson interesting take. Minutes. Yeah, because I see it. Maybe maybe people like think I'm crazy for saying this because hey, like oh, what happens if Nick Robert Nick Robertson doesn't work? Guess what? Nick Robertson costs one point, was it three, four, one point four million dollars less than Callie Yarncrook. You you just go out and acquire a guy. Go out and acquire someone. Like if if the, like we assuming we move Callie Yarncrook, we'll, we'll probably get some form of an asset back. You can move if Nick Robertson's not working 20, 30, 40 games into the season. You can go make an act, you can go make a trade, get a guy come in who could be better than him. And on top of that. Bobby McMahon, right? Like that's a guy who, if maybe Nick Robertson isn't playing well, he can come in and step in sup and supplement that that loss for the time being. Not a playoff solution. I think this allows you flexibility through the season to make your team better. If Callie Yarncrook makes it really hard, if he's in your top six, to help improve this team, right? Because 
the only guy who would get cut would be either a Ryan Reeves or whoever's playing on that fourth line, I guess. Right? Yeah. And then again, it makes it even more complicated because Cali Yarncrook has that no trade clause. So if you want to swap Cali Yarncrook and get a, a guy who is of equal value to Cali Yarncrook, but is better player. I mean, what if he doesn't want to go to that team? Then it's like another hurdle to go over. Right. Yeah. So, Whereas I if, definitely see what you mean, but the, the issue then also becomes like Yarn Crock had 20 last year. He's making $2.1 million. That's fair. 2.1 doesn't get you very much this year. That's very, that's 2. very one can't even get you a third pairing defenseman anymore. Yeah. And and no disrespect to Max Domi, but Max Domi is making three. So three, I mean, Max Domi, I think is still a better player than Cal Yarn Crook, but like, I mean, we didn't get him for term. We didn't get like, it's a one year deal. So one year. yeah. Yeah, I so that two point one hit cap hit. Like, if you're gonna go and get someone equal cap hit for two point one, like, you know, eh. yeah, Who's I'm just worried about that ledge for Cal Yarncrook because again, three yeah. years, it's gonna be 32, 32 this year, next year thirty three, thirty four. He's like, listen, I don't think he has. It's coming. I mean, I think his game can age well because he does have a good shot, but I think like the other stuff that he's good at other than shooting, like his two way ability is going to like, it could easily hit a massive cliff like this year and next year, just based on age. Again, all you have to do is lose that. Not even like quarter of a second of a step and you lose that ability and you're game, you're, you're behind in the NHL. You're cooked. You're done. Yeah. That's just, exactly. that's just the way it is. So, I mean, I think that's enough. Uh, yarn crook talk here. I think that's it for the docket too, but any last thoughts on, on this situation, I, I feel like we we said our piece, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's just something. Listen, maybe I'm wearing my tinfoil hat. I think it's something we have to keep an eye on, though. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So we got a game Wednesday. Um, one of the other preseason games. I should know this. I just get so focused on Wednesday. That's all I have. Because yeah, the Wednesday game is supposed to have a couple good players in there, right? Like we got yeah. some good good bodies. Wednesday, Friday, yep. and then Saturday as well, and then yep. Sunday they're off, and then Monday. So, so it's the the next couple of games are September 29th, September 30th, October 2nd. Then we have October 5th and October 7th. But we'll be with you before those two Red Wing games on October 5th and October 7th. Then after that. October 11th, first game of the season. It is as close as can be. We're like, what, two weeks away? Beyond excited. I'm excited. So It's coming up. Oof. Oh, yeah. baby. And yeah. I mean, so let's, we'll get into more preseason, see how things are unfolding, who's looking to play where. We haven't seen John Tavares yet in a preseason game. So, yeah. He's, he's supposed to play tomorrow, correct? Yes. He's on yes. the roster for tomorrow. So. It's the, the rosters tomorrow is interesting. It's like John and a couple like Marley's guys on forward, but then like basically all of our defensemen other than TJ Brody are playing as well, which is like, yeah, going to be fun. And to watch. the average height of our goaltenders in on this roster is six foot six. I, I kid you not the average height, the shortest goalie listed on this roster is Martin Jones at six foot five. But yeah, some names that are on this one, Kyle Clifford, Easton Cowan, Max Domi, Max Ellis, who is whatever, Noah Gregor, Ronnie Hirvonen, Pontus Holmberg, Nice, Lafferty, Robertson, Minton, Steves, Tavares. And then on D, you've got yeah, you've got a few regulars on here. But yeah. It's all it's it's all the regulars other than Brody, I think, no? Uh, Klingberg, Klingberg, Legison, Lejoy, Lejoie, 
Logren, McCabe, Petronero, Timmons. Four six. No, no Geo, eh? All right. Don't does it no doesn't Gio. need to log he doesn't need to log any preseason games. Give him give him a rest. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. Uh so that's all I have. Let's actually check the notebook. I yeah. wanted to make sure because I don't want to log off and then be like, damn it, I didn't talk about this absolutely nothing play. Uh that was about it. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Good on my end. Good on my end, too. We'll be back with you guys next week. Yeah, a few more preseason games to talk about. A few more roster decisions to talk about. We'll see where this Cali Arncroft thing goes. And uh, if Easton Cowan and Matthew Nice can continue to impress us. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Go, Lee, go.